What's up, everybody? It's Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias towards the Indiana Pacers. And we said we'd come to you when a coach was hired. And about 6.30 a.m., my eyes opened this morning. I checked my phone. There was a notification from Shams. I thought it was another, like, free agency speculative article. But no, the Pacers have hired Nate Bjorgensen uh, from the Toronto Raptors, uh, Nick Nurse's, I guess, closest confidant in the coaching world, um, known pretty widely as an extremely positive influence in the locker room, hardworking, uh, connects well with players. We've already seen Fred Van Vliet come out and, uh, and praise the hiring as well. Um, clearly, Kyle Lowry's a big fan. All Raptors players are a huge fan. He's, uh, he's won championships as an assistant coach in the G League and in the NBA. Uh, he's had a high school coaching experience, so he's coached younger players. He's coached older players. Um, I must say, my immediate reaction is, uh, this is so paces, Alex. This is a name that got brought up pretty early in the process, but then went quiet. And just like every other Pacers move, uh, it wasn't anyone who uh, who was reported. Yeah, he wasn't one of the those three or four names that were thrown around every day, was he? So, yeah, you're right. That is probably the most Pacers thing. Also, hiring another another Nate might might give some people some PTSD. So, <laughs> there's that as well. <laughs> and he's bald for the for the fans out there who haven't seen him yet, but. No, nah, this is. I think this is a great hiring. From like you said, the Pacers were looking for a players coach, weren't they? They were looking for a guy who can communicate with the players, relate to the players better than the McMillan did. And from all reports, from everything I've read so far, it looks like that's what he did. He took over a lot of huddles from Nate, uh, from uh, from Nick Nurse, I should say. He, um, like you said, he has G League experience, so he's he's been there, done that, and. I'm excited, man. I think, you know, the Raptors are a team that shot a lot of threes in his two years there. I don't know if that was necessarily him, but um, I'm excited to see what, what modern offense we integrate to our to our system this season. Justin, rapid reaction this morning when you woke up and saw that Nate Bjorkren was the Indiana Pacers' next head coach. Yeah, obviously a bit, a bit shocked. Um, but then after 20 seconds, you just think that's classic Pacers, isn't it? As, as you yeah. mentioned, um, you know, r- rumours rarely get out. Indiana do such a great job of keeping everything in-house. Um, I was pretty confident that Chris Finch was going to be the, the coach just with everything that was happening. I, I am glad. I mean, we all mentioned what kind of coach we wanted. We wanted someone untried. We wanted someone new. We wanted someone, you know, who would bring in a new set of eyes, Um you know, I was big on not hiring Mike D'Antoni, so I'm I'm personally happy. Um, all, all reports this morning from you know Raptors beat writers seem positive. They really talk up, uh, talk up Nate. And yeah, like you mentioned, Alex as well. I think the the biggest biggest kind of news for me was um, that Nick Nurse kind of let him draw up plays, lead huddles. Yeah. Um, we're a championship team, so you know you can't ask much more from an assistant coach. Um, I think it's just really big. Who who is he going to bring in on the sidelines uh, to help him? Yeah, that's um, the attention will turn over the coming days to his staff. Um, obviously, being an inexperienced head coach, that he'd want some experienced heads on his bench and some people that he trusts. Um, it, he he and Nick Nurse have been together for 
you know, 20 odd years, 30 years, they've known each other. But um, I mean, Nate went from, and it feels weird saying Nate because I feel like we just did a series of podcasts <laughs> on a Nate being fired. And now we've got a Nate being hired, as you said, uh, Alex. So um, Bjorkren uh, began his career as a high school coach at the age of 23. He's currently at 45. So he's been coaching for 22 years, um, which is really important, I think, because he, he's, he's young, but he's got a lot of experience. Um, mm. And... Uh, he, the, I think the famous story that will get bandied around a lot is the fact that he took an unpaid assistant coach job, quit his uh, day job as a teacher and basketball coach and moved to back to Iowa to work under Nick Nurse in the G League, unpaid for the first year, um, which is a massive chance and just shows how hungry he was for an opportunity and how much he believes in himself. So that's a big thing. Um, I think it's very clear that he's an extremely positive guy um, from everything that I've read, which, uh, as we've said, it was a real priority for the Pacers. I think Nate McMillan was, um, was named Sarge for a reason. Uh, that was his nickname. And, and he certainly drilled the players and wasn't into, you know, those relationship-building coaches that we see in the modern day. And it seems like Nate Bjorkren uh, is a relationship-building coach, is a player's coach, which is exactly what the Pacers wanted. Um, I'm interested now looking at, um, you know, the first thing I thought of, Alex, when this hiring occurred was the issues that the Pacers had inbounding the ball against the Toronto Raptors earlier in <laughs> this season where we were in front the entire game. The game was in Toronto. I think it was right around the start of the se- start of 2020, around January. Um, and we could not inbound the ball. We were trapped for about a two minutes straight and it was a coaching masterclass. And I do wonder, and I'm interested in your thoughts, whether that experience spoke volumes to Kevin Pritchett about the way that the Raptors are coached. Well, I mean, they beat us down multiple times, didn't they? And then yeah. you come back to the next time we play in, in, in Toronto and the game was over within the first six minutes. So, yep. you know, the, the Raptors have been a team, which I'm sure KP and, you know, Simons have been, have been envious of. Obviously they won. And also, I think just the the way that they go about their business, isn't it? Obviously, they play a modern style of basketball, but you know, you've got a guy in Kyle Lowry who, who's a no nonsense guy, and I think I think a lot of the things that the Raptors get done, a lot of the things they aim for, is similar to what we we're aiming for in Indiana. So you know, the Toronto isn't necessarily a big market team; they're not going to get big free agents like us. So I'm sure he was looking at those guys and thinking, wow, how can we? either poach one of them or how can we emulate that style and today we are we got one of those guys didn't we so i think i think that was definitely something that kp was looking at and yeah it's clear that they looked at the very best performing teams looked at coaches from those very best performing teams with the exception of exception of chris finch who the the pelicans weren't a playoff team this season however they were impressive in spurts when they were healthy uh, and wanted uh, a positive um, coach from a team that emphasizes uh, good offense passing. Um, and, you know, Justin, this is just in another example in the NBA of a key assistant on a very good or championship level team getting poached to another team. And, and sometimes it works and sometimes it really doesn't. Um, is your gut feel that, you know, Bjorkren will be able to, to get out of the shadow of Nick Nurse and, and coach his own team here? Well, hopefully. I mean, we mentioned with the rumours about Becky Hammond about Greg Popovich's assistants not being that successful um, coming out of his kind of tree in San Antonio. But 
Um, look, I guess all you can go off of today is the reports and, you know, so many, like you mentioned, Adam, so many players have come out and um, said how excited they are that Nate's now head coach. Uh, I even saw Devin Booker as well. Um, TJ Warren actually played under him in Phoenix for two years. So um, that's good. I guess he's got some sort of connection with the pace of player. But for me, look, it's great now. We've got about four weeks until the NBA draft. So now we can actually start deciding what we do with, um, you know, the lineups and trades because now obviously um, Bjorken will, will obviously have some sort of roster he's going to want to assemble and play with. So I wonder what this means with, you know, Turner and Oladipo and Sabonis. Um, I guess questions get to be answered. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you mentioned TJ Warren because uh, it, there was a well-publicized quote from TJ Warren earlier in the, uh, I guess, the off-season after the Pacers were eliminated from the playoffs where he was asked if he liked the coaching candidates and he said that he very much liked the coaching candidates. And if you look at the candidates that we had, there was a definite connection here between TJ Warren and, and Nate Bjorkren. So, um, Alex, do you think TJ Warren was specifically talking about Bjorkram when he was uh, saying that he liked the list of candidates? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me because he also played under him in a few games for, uh, I think it was in the, the G League. I could yep. be wrong, though, um, in, in Bakersfield. So The Bakersfield Jam. Read, Great go, G Bakersfield, League names, yeah. by the way. <laughs> they have some interesting jerseys down there as well. But no, he, yep. he averaged like 27 and 7, I think, under... Underneath there, obviously that's the G League, but just just a little nugget. But um, also I, I do think it's interesting with the the two big lineup as you mentioned because that's why I was so heavy on Chris Finch as, as being the next coach yep. because he had had that experience in first league Denver, but then also New Orleans. So that's something that I'm definitely that's probably my biggest concern. I'd say, firstly, does this influence what the Pacers do with? Miles and Domas, and then secondly, how does Nate adjust to playing with two bigs? Because they didn't really do that in uh, Toronto, did they? And that was a that was a point that was raised, I think, on Twitter earlier today. Around um, you know they tended to stagger Serge Barker and Marcus Sol. Uh, so you know, is that a, a forecast of things to come? for the Pacers and is that a forecast of things to come for the roster? I mean, we talked about Chris Finch having DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis at his disposal and playing both of them at the same time with great effect. We've chosen a coach that hasn't necessarily worked with a two big man lineup to great success. So does that uh, act as a precursor of what is to come for this Indiana Pacers roster? It's interesting how much you can read into a simple appointment of a, of a guy um, without understanding what his philosophy is because um, he wasn't the head coach in Toronto. Nick Nurse was the head coach, so made the lineup decisions. So, um, Justin, is it is it jumping to conclusion, conclusions to suggest that Nate Bjorkren may shy away from a two-big-man lineup? Gee, I, I don't have a clue. I think a lot's going to be answered tomorrow uh, for us. I see yeah. he's got interview a media interview which will be really good i hope the indiana media ask him these sort of questions which i'm sure they will um you know what do you see the pace's most successful lineup as um you know where does he see the team in the next two to three years all that sort of stuff so you know if you're a pacer fan definitely definitely tune into that zoom interview i think it's 11 a.m indiana time uh for us it's probably about 4 a.m or something but right um, um, I just want to read out a quote from Kyle Lowry. You mentioned he, he was a um, fan of the hiring uh, to the Pacers, but 
just want to read this out. I think it's, I think it's great. Um, so Kyle Lowry said, Nate is the, I would say, he's the F man. He's always that positive, happy-go-lucky, always looking at it as the plus side, not looking at anything negative. Now, that, that just reminds me of Frank Vogel, like, which yep. I love. Yep. Frank, was, Frank was always the positive guy. His players loved playing for him. He always thought he could beat anyone and would take it up to the champs in Miami. So um, if Nate's anything like that, um, huge, huge fan, huge fan. And, and look, I think the G League experience can't be understated from my perspective. I mean, you look at the ability of a coach to be able to harness the talent of a guy who's not getting an opportunity at the highest level and empathize with a player not getting an opportunity at the highest level yeah. and get the best out of them. Um, that that skill set can be applied at any level of sport, any level of life to be able to coach someone in the ability to to get to the next level um, and get that that extra five or ten percent out of them, so I love that we went with a guy with a lot of G League experience. Um, obviously, he's he's very well respected in the Raptors organization. Uh, he's had quite a few G League stints. He's made the G League finals, as we said. He actually lost to Nick Nurse in the G League finals. Uh, that was interesting to watch and. Um, and listen to him talk about, he said that uh, he and Nick Nurse would talk every other day during the G League season, but then during the playoffs, they just didn't speak for two weeks um, while they were against each other. Just obviously another little anecdote about how passionate and how important he sees the competitiveness uh, and maintaining that professionalism, which is even better. Um, I've been really, really impressed with what I've seen uh, so far, um, in terms of what everyone has said about the guy, I haven't read anything negative about him, which you know is is a key for me. There's not even a thinly veiled or veiled negative uh, comment by anyone. Everyone has Adam, positive things you, to say about the guy. Are you saying all Pacer fans agree on something we did? I know, surely not. I, I just checked for a full moon, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it is. It is a weird vibe to see Pacers Twitter so positive on a hiring, but I think it's um, it's clearly because the Raptors won a title. I mean, Alex, doesn't that mean the most for a Pacers fan to be able to say this is a guy who won a championship eighteen months ago? For sure, hundred percent, man. I think that's probably well. That's what every single fan wants, isn't it? They want a championship, and that's why I think Chauncey Billups was another candidate we were high on because yeah. he's a winner. We wanted a winner. We wanted a player first coach. And I think the pace is checked just about every single box. So, so I think it's a, a hiring that no Pacers fan, at least right now, maybe in 12 months time, we'll be having a different podcast, but uh, no Pacers fan right now should be disappointed or upset. Look, we've preached power of positivity on this podcast and, and we've, uh, we've unfortunately not had a great deal to be positive about over the last few months with the Oladipo situation, with the Nate situation, with the way that we exited the playoffs. Um, the offseason brings new opportunities and some excitement. And, you know, we turn our attention to the draft. We have our coach now. Um, we have potentially some roster moves to make. We have a disgruntled superstar um, and uh, we have some reports going around. So it would be remiss of us not to talk about Victor Oladipo at the end of this episode, even though this is a Nate Bjorkren episode and congratulations to Nate Bjorkren before we move on. Um, Justin reports during the week that uh, Victor Oladipo might have some interest in the Miami Heat, but the Miami Heat may not have quite as much interest in Victor Oladipo. What are your uh, immediate thoughts? 
I mean, immediate thoughts is something I've been preaching to you guys. And whether it's Victor Oladipo's camp or his fault or not, I still believe this has now become worse than the Paul George saga. It, 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 every day there's a new report, um, something someone said. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll still be shocked if he's in a Pacers uniform come January or whenever the season starts. Um, look, I, I think with this new coaching hire, there are going to be multiple changes. There's no way we're running it back with the same starting five. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll still be shocked if Oladipo's on, on the paces. I know people are saying, oh, you know, the, the return we're going to get disgraceful. You know, no one's offering anything good. But look, if you've got a player who doesn't want to be in uniform, you've got to deal him. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's getting more toxic. Um, it's getting more toxic on social media. It's getting more toxic, uh, I think, in, in what's been written. I mean, there was an article today by Dan Devine in The Ringer uh, around Victor Oladipo where he, he talked extensively about the, um, the Fat Joe interview, which is a sentence that I it could only be said in 2020, the Fat Joe interview. Um, I don't think Fat Joe has been relevant in my life for about 20 years since he probably put out a song when I was in high school. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting messy, isn't it, Alex? Oh, every week, man, there's something new, isn't there? And there's new rumors, there's new teams coming up, you know, the Bucks were a team that came up yesterday. So I don't know what's going on. And like Justin said, man, I, well, I don't know. Maybe it, unless teams are throwing second round picks our way, I don't, I don't know what kind of return could be that bad that you keep him and then potentially lose him for nothing in, in 12 months. So if I'm KP and on the paces and he doesn't want to be here, you, you have to deal him. If you don't get the return you want, that's just the NBA, isn't it? You're not going to always get great returns for a star. So um, it's unfortunate, but you'd rather get someone who wants to be there in the locker room. We saw what happened in 2017. That locker room was beyond toxic so you know they, they wouldn't want that again i would have imagined and lessons learned right like as soon as a player expresses this level of dissatisfaction whether it be coming off an injury whether it be you know in the off season whether it be on instagram with fat joe i think you just got to cut bait at that point it's better for the player to be in a different situation it's better for the team to not have that presence in the locker room um, I think there can be a, a really important lesson learned for all NBA franchises and all sporting franchises. I, I don't think there is a place in 2020 for toxicity in the locker room. Um, you, you need to make sure that there's as much cohesion as possible. And coming back to Nate Bjorkren, it's clear that he's a positive person. So uh, I don't imagine that he would be in the, in the frame of tolerating uh, a disgruntled superstar or, or really wanting to work with someone who didn't want to be on the team. Um, he's obviously solely focused on leading the Indiana Pacers to a, their first NBA championship. Um, and if there is a player on the roster that does not want to be a part of that championship team, see you later. Uh, I think it's, well, you have to, it's all business. You, you know what I find interesting, Adam, and that's where about what four to five hours uh, we're recording this after Nate got hired. Miles yep. Turner's come out, congratulated him. TJ Warren's made a statement. Nothing from your star player in Oladipo. What does that mean? You know, the, the star, if Oladipo's meant to be the star, the leader of the team, he, he should have already come out and said something. Um, no words, quiet. I mean, seriously, what, what does that tell you? It's telling, isn't it? I mean, you know, what, what other uh, highest, highest-paid player, all-star player, 
would come out, uh, would not come out and congratulate the new head coach of their team immediately. Now he may be, you know, on a cross country flight or an international flight. He may, you know, send out the congratulations shortly, but um, you know, the fact, the fact of the matter is that uh, Miles Turner was very, very quick to say congratulations on social media and Miles hasn't been a great presence on social media, but made a point of jumping on and congratulating um, Nate Bjorkren on his position. So, you know, as usual, Miles is a consummate professional, um, always, you know, leading from the front, both on social media and, and obviously in the locker room as well. I feel like he's, he's clearly one of our leaders and um, Victor was supposed to be that. And he's not right now. And uh, I don't think he ever will be again. And, and all the very best to him with whatever he does next. But onward and upward for the Indiana Pacers. We've got the draft coming up, I think, in about two weeks' time. Um, based on the fact that we have a coach, we always predicted that there would be a coach before the draft. Alex, are we making a move before the draft or on draft night or not at all? I still say no to that, unfortunately. But yeah, I'm going to say no. What about you, Justin? Well, it depends when the NBA allows trades. I know there's still speculation when trades are actually able to happen and free agency. So it does depend on the dates. But um, uh, and I'm still pretty positive they'll make a, a draft night move. I'll be a bit disappointed if the draft ends and we've still got the same roster. I think you've got so much flexibility uh, there with the the year of COVID and the scouting, I think some teams might not want to, you know, invest all their eggs into a top five pick. There'll be a lot of movement, a lot of teams looking to move up, move down. So I think this is the year you, you kind of go, you know what, let's, let's try and get a prospect. Um, you know, maybe Nate's got his eyes on someone that he's wanted, but yeah, let's, let's try and get someone in the draft. It's exciting. This is going to be the craziest NBA draft in quite some time, I think, uh, particularly with next year potentially involving high school players as well. Uh, so there'll be a lot of movement. There'll be moves to try and get into next year's draft. There'll be up, moving up, moving down, everything in between, um, and the possibility of some crazy trades. So uh, that always makes for a good draft. Final thoughts on the Nate Bjorkren signing. Uh, Alex, are you uh, overwhelmingly positive, slightly positive? Um, I'll, I'll stick with slightly positive. Got my concerns, but overall, there's nothing too much to worry about. Justin? Um, I'm happy. I'll know a lot more tomorrow after a Zoom interview. We will be watching that with bated breath. Uh, we said we'd bring you an episode, and we did as soon as we possibly could. We hope you appreciate it, Pace and Nason, and we'll talk to you again soon. This has been the Pace Roots Podcast. <laughs>